Hey, and welcome to the School of Feminine Pleasure. My name is Ingun Tenbach, and today Nadia Eriksson is your host in a conversation with Aisha Salam about the feminine awakening, the awakening of uh, the womb, and uh, on how Aisha has uh, experienced her path to awakening through softening into the feminine. This is a very deep and interesting conversation and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Hello beautiful women, this is Nadia Eriksson, co-author of the forthcoming book Awaking Your Big Sheet and today I'm speaking with Aisha Salem, a facilitator of truth and awake wise woman. So Aisha is a deeply, vastly, and widely realized woman of truth and inspirator and guide on the path of awakening, self-realization, and embodiment as the full inclusion of every aspect of reality as the path of a true human. Aisha has been teaching across the world since 2003 and is the founder of Gateway, a community of people deeply dedicated to living a life on the way of truth, love, and wholeness. So welcome, Aisha. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey? Um, how did you get to where you are today, like traveling the world and teaching? Mm. <laughs> it's a long story. Let's see if I can sum it up. <clears throat> I basically, um, I started asking who I am. I started demanding answers at the age of 21 or something like that. 22 maybe. And um, that was after having put a whole life together of, <laughs> you know, all of the conventional stuff. And I was married and I was like, I had the job and I had the car and I had the house and I had the kid and so on and so forth. So anyway, that question there, it set off like a whole, well, my path basically. Mm. And um, it was very... It was a deep, deep, deep surrender, a walking with love in so many ways. And yeah, major um, spiritual, I could almost say like I had three to five expansions of consciousness per day. And for some reason, I was just very good at taking that, like just surrendering and letting go. So in a few years, I basically, I ended up with like hollowing out the heart in a way where I ended up with like um, universal consciousness. So it was like a huge number of adjustments to the body along the way. Like the eyes had to be rewired. Like you can't like focus the way you used to do when it was the hunter's eye or like there's just so many things and like resettings of the mind and all of this. After that, I basically started uh, teaching, like, in terms of, well, basically it happened by itself, you know, it wasn't, it was more like opening the door. And in a very short time, I had like, yeah, there was a lot of people and a lot of things going on and the website. And within one month, there were like 80 countries in the website. And I, it's just crazy. So anyway, the travel went on with like teaching for a few years and venturing in the middle of that time and until the end basically um that was the first consortship i was in 
Mm-hmm. And from that point, oh gosh, to sit and remember history is kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, after that, I, uh, yeah, after that, there was a more dedicated co- consortship for a good while. And then after that, I sat in meditation, uh, like in solitary retreat for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And then life started returning and asking me to start teaching again. And I started getting like, it's just so obvious, like life moving so obviously. Yeah. So like within one week after having been sitting for two and a half years, mm-hmm. within one week, I got like invitations to four countries. <laughs> yeah. So, and then from there, the journey went on, of course. And there was an opening to the next consortship, basically, which was more of a well-rounded invitation back into existence, like back into the conditioning, back into all of the layers of, of woman, basically, of, of matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then basically there has been like... I mean, in that in that time of sitting in solitary retreat, that was very much like passing beyond the beyond, mm-hmm. like a complete implosion of, well, consciousness altogether into just pure awareness, like the void, the pristine silence. Yeah. <laughs> and then from there, life, 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 deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper in like that. Yeah. So, and that has been what now, four years? And there has been teaching all along, basically, apart from during those, that time in solitary retreat. Have you ever felt any resistance towards coming back into the human realm, the physical, from being in that place of like eternal bliss? I mean, I can't, well. There has been so many different layers of resistance. Mm. And I could say that the first three years of my coming back in, had to happen in that consortship where I basically started wearing down that resistance to, to basically come in and like fully soften into like the bottom of everything. Yeah. And start to start dissolving that, uh, these layers of identification which are to be found in the, like in the ground level of things. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Same space. I mean, the big she, she really scared the shit out of me at first. <laughs> so hard for me to come in. But I guess that's, that's kind of self-evident if you see that, okay, it went from actual love and like just pure light and universal consciousness and it turned into nothing. And I would say that she came like in the very end of things. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. So when you say you went to consortship, what exactly do you mean with that? Basically, it was the coming together as man and woman, which is based on um, the path of truth, which is based on not the hoping and the dreaming, not the ideas of where we are going to end up, where there is basically no moving into the future, but like a total holding of that meeting and an allowing of 
the real man and the real woman to rise. Mm. Yeah. But I'd say the first consortship I was in was about the full emptying, basically like I had to completely give over my head mm. and I actually had to pass beyond love. That's like the really hard one for women. Into the emptiness. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, okay. So do you still ever experience? Can I just, just kind of round up what I just said about the consortium? Basically, oh. everything that you said about this with the resistance to coming in, even though there isn't like a mental resistance or in that sense, then the moment that there was like that crapping crack that cracking open basically in the baseline of like of the of the human body of for me the like the female body mm. it was like a, a meeting with like such immense amounts of grief mm. and the basically like the anger of the feminine like like all of these things that are down there in the depths that we don't want to meet and then to have to turn the whole mind's eye in a way where we start meeting these things with like actual zest for wanting to like penetrate them as love and as consciousness mm -hmm. yeah so how did you experience that in your physical body i imagine like there was a lot of opening going on in your womb space and your genitals also like how did you conduct all the energies through your physical body I'd say the amount of energy that I had to um, handle through my human body was immense in the first few years of that universal consciousness because that was like my body was constantly on fire like for years mm. and that was actually even more total than just the belly because it was like it, that part of it taking like the whole body. Mm. What I experience here, what I experience from any dimension of being basically is that we have a hollowing out to do, which fully translates our being into that particular logic. So for the mind, for instance, like to fully experience a growth from the center, the core of the void and let it completely take over the whole body. The same thing from the heart that is but that's basically like the yeah mm -hmm. like love opening 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 but it's light letting light take over the body so in terms of the belly this third dimension of being um i'd say it's very much it's very much about meeting the grief of our separation from god on ground so like immense amounts of grief mm -hmm. and that cracking open, it also shows as like pain in the pelvis, you know, pain mm -hmm. in the ovaries, pain in the belly, all of this, like did for a long time. Um, and I can even say that in a way it's still like that because the coming in keeps on going. I, I have been in the divine power teachings for, well, close to two years now. Um, but I still have more or less 15 years left before I fully integrated everything that because the the part of the masculine and the light body was like very easy for me but that part of hollowing out 
which isn't just about my human body because it's not just about the personal and the personal story and the personal seeds and the ancestral lines which is basically all about me but there has for me also been a it's almost like yanking the rock away between the feet and the earth in a way where it feels like the mind drops into the earth so that the seeing that unfolds as as my brain growing inside of the soil becomes like a greater and greater and greater seeing of everything so it's almost like my womb is like swallowing up the whole earth mm. and that in itself i mean there's of course there's nothing when i look that way down mm. i don't it's not like there's feet and then there's soil and we're separated mm. so that part of growing beyond the limits of our identity identification with the body like to do that on every level of existence something like that yeah mm. But the body is, is uh, taken for a ride, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And it matters really a lot that we both can do that with, with trust, with a knowing. I mean, it's, it's kind of easy when you do it with the heart because it's like, I mean, okay, yeah, there's fire and there's like all these things going on, but somehow we meet more light, you know? Here, it's kind of like when you grow into the darkness, it's like you actually have to grow as deeply into the darkness as you are, are manifest as light in a way. You know, it's, it's kind of like the roots have to be as deep as the, as the trunk and the, and the crown on that tree yeah. of your being. So somehow inside of that, that, um, that surrender down it reveals like everything we don't want to see and it isn't just um it's basically coming into like a full compassion for ourselves and for me it's been like having to meet up with people even that could like reflect some of the parts of the like of the dark nature of the human being and like the different distortions away from the beauty of the darkness basically mm. and that's basically where it started but then it's come into like i really just investigate anything within existence like usually people don't even want to see their own anger mm. but it's actually we have to take that so far that we're willing to see and become fully embracing or fully compassionate with every single part of existence every single part of existence mm. So from the, the, the rapist to the murderer to the, and so on and so forth, like really to, I've been like wrapping my arms around like genocides, like, like all of these really, really painful things in existence and the distortions of the beauty of darkness that happens there to really come to fully hold, fully understand and fully be able to be present with these things, you know? Yes. And I think also acknowledging that it's not somewhere outside of ourselves, but that potentiality for that pure evil, like you talked about in genocide, it's inside of all of us. And I think just accepting that we all have that seed in us and eventually forgiving that and accepting it and embracing it. I think that's, that's such a huge step. Enormously important. Yeah. yeah. Mm. It's kind of what reveals that, that, that surface between dark darkness and light mm. and it's when you rest in that surface the moment that we like grasp at the darkness 
the light disappears. The moment we grasp at the light, the darkness disappears. But if we're really, really quiet, then actually the coming together of the darkness of the light becomes like an entirely different reality, which is beyond good and bad. Mm. There is no evil there. There is only presence and more presence and basically like golden precision when it comes to handling the human reality and the human capacity and the human faculties. And all of that basically just reverses itself back into like a center of loyalty to truth, a center of loyalty to take care and to become as empty as we become full. Beautiful. I, I really noticed when you talked about that, that feeling, that grieving over the separation from God. Was it only grief that you felt? Or was there like also our feelings of like, um, like Course Miracle speaks about like the guilt, the, the hidden guilt that we feel from separating from God in the first place? Did you experience any of that also? Or just mostly grief? I'd say that there can be like a whole array of translations from that someone which arises to be apart from God. So in a way, if you look at the very bottom of us, we have, if we have openness, she's there. If we contract, she's not there anymore. But then it's like the life of us becomes like less clear and it sets off like a whole whirlwind of other feelings. And these other feelings are, I mean, they're not to the point. They need to be owned in terms of like being able to see and be present with the entire piano of feelings for the human, like on the human spectrum of feeling. So to be able to meet our feelings, like in every which way, every feeling, and not only to meet it in the surface, but like the first thing is like expanding that piano of feeling. Second thing is to take each feeling and be able to take it all the way to the depth. And that's basically all a part of uncovering and like actually being in love with our human nature. That's kind of a part of falling in love with ourselves. It's really significant. But at the, at the, at the bottom of all of that, it's kind of like we have to be able to see, acknowledge these feelings so that we drop down through them to come straight down to the contraction. Mm, so when you say this is about the guilt, for instance, the guilt itself is a spin-off. Because when there is full honesty and a staying present with, then the guilt itself, it will just pass. Like it was, like it was never real in the first place. Mm, yeah. But that which we come down to as the baseline of feeling, that is that grief which is connected with our separation. Mm. With that which, and I say basically that gap is the gap between silence and humility. As in when we are humble, you relax down there. Mm. And in that coming down of the silence of our consciousness, of our love, that coming down to that ground, that has to happen as the, in an ongoing opening or meeting between that silence and the humility. In the gap between the two, what I find is that the primary feelings there is desire and anger. Mm. Because the someone that arises is pissed that it actually doesn't count for anything. 
And in addition to being pissed that it doesn't count for anything, it is like loaded with, with wanting, with wanting something other than to reach that humility. Mm. And basically most people, they move in this, between these two points. But the moment that we take responsibility for our journey and our embrace of truth, then we start seeing things for what they are. We start sharpening that tool and the precision of our sense of feeling and our willingness to, to witness ourselves, basically to practice compassion, to be present with ourselves and let everything pass, everything pass, everything pass. Mm -hmm. So that it's just like, uh, like an unwinding of pure presence that grows out this consciousness in the center of the womb that just starts growing and growing and growing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I talk about humility and I'm just getting curious, like what does humility mean to you? Hmm. Humility is that willingness to look directly at that which needs to be seen. Humility is the willingness to surrender, to soften exactly that which you said before can become the spin-off into these, that which you called evil. Mm. The thing is that in, if we study closely enough, it doesn't, it doesn't have to become like a, it's not a thing even. It's almost like a point a point of existence that shows itself and that point has to agree to allow for its own relaxation and it's widening out to make more room for her so humility in my experience is to attain like a huge level of honesty towards our own sense of feeling to give in that which engages with our lives and with our feeling from a point of entitlement mm -hmm. and basically humility is equal to having a true relationship with reality to be in relationship with that which is bigger than you mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. In a way, I could also say that when I work with people, it's very much, uh, it's something that I really hold close that part because after some years now of seeing what that cultivation of pure power and pure passion is, I can see that we have to soften through everything in a way so as to not become someone powerful, mm -hmm. to become someone holding power because that's not to the point when we're actually silent inside we are standing there as it's almost like if you imagine the earth is the body and we are the cells on the body you become like a cell you simply become a vibration holding yourself in that total love of your individuality and your smallness in like all of its little yeah in all of its sweetness basically but inside that, you also kind of drop into that reality where your compassion completes itself as an inability 
to make the separation between you and yourself, but you and yourself both as the masculine and the feminine. Mm -hmm. And that part of the masculine and the feminine is also extremely important because I find that the feminine essence is born out of the masculine penetrating the feminine. So if we don't take the approach to ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, if we don't take the approach to ourselves, which is responsible and becoming the protectors of the feminine, at both as ourselves, as bodies, and in, the, in our way of life, in our handling of everything, to come into that center of commitment where the highest care, the highest compassion is that which is, which is flowing as your life. Yeah, without that, it uh, very easily gets uh, something like a point of consciousness dropping in and getting lost in an ocean of feelings. Mm -hmm. It's like with, with, with that balance between the masculine and the feminine, then we actually become holders of our own, like, it's almost like it comes down and then it comes in to like, woof, like really hold the roundness of our beings. Mm. And to be able to do that from a place of knowing nothing, like of being empty, yet just so totally caring, like not grasping at it up here, but mm. allowing the wisdom of that to be born deeper and deeper and deeper as we, as we just continue and continue to surrender deeper to truth. That's my experience. Mm. So surrendering and allowing feelings and at the same time holding the container for ourselves so we don't get lost in those feelings. Exactly. Is that also what you speak about on the, um, around the topic of inner marriage? I see you have like a retreat coming up on the subject of inner marriage. That's basically what that means to you. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Mm -hmm. It's about applying yourself as love to yourself as woman, basically. Mm -hmm. Because to the extent, just because we have female bodies doesn't mean, um, it means that we have an even closer inner relationship with the feminine essence that opens, like really bringing that queen home. But we also have to be so careful that we don't make these inner silly statements of like being the queen thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so basically that is where the humility gets lost yeah 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 so, so it's like no. so it's it like this balancing act between like kind of knowing our divinity but not taking it into an ego place of oh my goddess you know but more like in the much deeper embodied place of like knowing who we really are knowing who we really are is the center the part you say of knowing our divinity I really want to like put an X on that mm -hmm. because knowing our, our divinity that makes it ours in some way, but who does that divinity belong to? To no one. Mm -hmm. And that means that we can know divinity. We can't know our divinity because as humans, that part of bowing and being, as I said, in that proper relationship with the divine, that is everything for that part of being, like, keeping on hollowing out. 
When you say that, I, I get this sense that at least myself and I think many other spiritual seekers have maybe often, I have in the past, um, often they can be barring to like something bigger, but always seeing it as something outside of myself. And I think it's also like this realization of bringing it back home and also including ourselves into that and being like, okay, this is also in me. It's not separate from me. It's not like somewhere out there. It's like, I'm that too. Mm. And, and I find that quite hard because not to confuse it with like that which we think we are most of the time, right? But kind of like maybe get, that's where the humility comes and realizing, okay, I am God also and not making ourselves big food, but just kind of humble. Definitely, definitely. But that, that, is a, that is a core recognition. That is a core recognition that is so silence. I mean, so silent, it's, it's like the acknowledgement of that existence, which allows us to be hollowed out. And this is where people get really confused because it's like the moment that, that um, I could say power or passion shows itself. I mean, it's the, it's the creational force. Mm -hmm. But the moment that we take it to be our, to be our own, instead of knowing that basically we need to be in such a humble relationship of non-knowing anything and to let our being our inner being generate as that hollowing out that comes from divinity like that comes from a hollowing out an opening a surrendering to basically be i could almost yeah, here <laughs> I could almost say um I could almost say be taken over by divinity. Mm. We need to let her in and to let her into the body, but without taking that me, which we already made, it's kind of like there is some glue, there is glue in the equation. And that glue to start out with, it did like this to the body. And then, <laughs> oh, that's me, you know? <laughs> and then we start dissolving and then we start opening and then we start making room for that black light gestate to open itself and to start filling our body from the inside but it's almost like it comes it comes from the outside in some sense but that doesn't mean that it's out there because the gate to it is still deeply inside of our bodies so to come in and to knock at that door to come into the womb, to come in as consciousness, to come in and lean deeply up against that portal where we are so fucking afraid of meeting her, basically. And to allow all of the fear to disappear and be replaced by the deep, deep longing to be one with her as our own essence. Inside of that, there's an opening, but I find that it opens to a power which is so infinitely black and powerful it's like the whole concentration of the of the universe inside of the center of the womb and to be able to hold that with such respect and humility that in my experience means everything to to it's like um the mo when you say this about like the the owning it the making it our own it's kind of like that's the contrapoint to rejecting it in the first place. 
But the silent point is neither that of making it our own or of rejecting it because the one of them is pushing it away. The other one is grasping it. And none of both of them are manipulation. None of them are silent. The silent point is that one where we don't make anything out of it when it arrives inside of us. And we deal with everything that it arises inside of us in terms of anything noisy, anything grasping, anything pushing, anything pulling, anything manipulating or willing to manipulate existence. And this is, of course, also where we come into that meeting, that anger of the feminine, because when we find out that we can't do something with it, that it's not that that power arriving is not about us. It's not about us making our lives in some sense. It's about surrendering to life for life to live through us, for life to live us. And that is quite different than owning it, basically. And I find that the more that I allow my human being to crawl like all the way up close to be so, so intimate with my being, the more that shows as the real beauty. And I could almost say like the, the real pride of the feminine, like the feminine essence, which stands like that, you know, but I get, I can't say that it's like, my power or someone i mean it looks like that from the outside from the, but the inner experience is basically just the deepest intimacy with reality as that feminine essence an intimacy which is so close that any time that that i'm poked on the shoulder being called deeper into god i willingly go i just relax into that deepening yeah and that seems to make more and more of like a, an open pathway or gateway, if you will, <laughs> between the human existence and its, its living, like, and it, like adjustment after adjustment towards that which is living true care on every level, with everything, from parents to colleagues to yourself to your home to your underwear drawer like to everything just <laughs> everything you know and to open that pathway of of letting yourself drop deeper into her and then the moment because it's when you don't resist her anymore when you don't fear her anymore i can say that the taste of her it just becomes sweeter every time it's unbelievable you know so it's kind of like that all oh, letting go and that's kind of like being taken back into the womb like just held inside of such beautiful and tender darkness mm. and then being there and then the moment it's time for life to breathe yet again like to re-emerge back into the humanness you've lost another part of it's all like you you're, you've been that gateway into her has been widened out more. So this continuous integration of her by that merging with her and with her and with her, it is a cycle which brings, which births, I could say, the divine feminine as the essence of our of woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, feeling this piercing my heart now as you're speaking about that. I'm really feeling it in my body. Mm. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So 
in our book you talk a lot about like also like you just mentioned like the womb wisdom and and i really feel it so strongly how the big she is like really like her throne is in the womb and i feel my womb like waking up and moving contracting as i go about my day and i'm um i've been kind of like working on awakening that for many many years but i'm wondering about like what is your your perspective on like conscious or sacred sexuality in in relationship to the awakening of the womb and the divine feminine I'd say that the pure Tantra is a happening inside of us. It is something which we can um, touch between us as human beings also, as this that you call sacred sexuality. Basically, what I like to do is to bring that which is the, the gist of the sacral, the, the, sacral, the sacred sexuality, to bring that into every, every fingertip in everything I do. To actually allow for the emerging of that feminine to become a cleansing so deeply into the layers of our, 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 um, our experience of her as passion or even deeper as pure enjoyment, like unfolding like a bottom line of joy like of real enjoyment and that enjoyment is so pivotal for our ability to be compassionate mm. because it is that willingness to enjoy every aspect of existence to see that that is all her so to bring all of these things together the sacred sexuality is that it's a beautiful thing and it really is a great catalyst for um, unwrapping these, especially approaching, actually, the, the pain of the feminine. It's really significant in the part of allowing those imprints that we got of the feminine to start with from our mother, but also the imprints that we got of the masculine from our fathers or whatever like fathers, not fathers, like whoever men or women that were in our life and were close that we actually absorbed information from. And inside of that, I'd say that that, that sexuality can bring us deeper and deeper down through these layers of the wounding, which ultimately leads to this wholeness. The wholeness, which is a complete arrival as and of that consciousness coming in to be able to hold ourselves in that womb. Mm. I find that, I mean, the last consortship I had, wow, I mean, <laughs> for one, it was so hard work. Oh my God. It was like having two full-time jobs, you know? And then when I went to work, I, I actually had like a break. <laughs> But inside of that, the beauty that was unfolding as that masculine and feminine, I mean, it was kind of like widening into a deeper and deeper ocean of that black light, but as pure passion, like as the passion, as the enjoyment. And I found that there are things, there are aspects which can be met in that relating, but there are also aspects of this journey which can only be brought home to ourselves. And that is that part of coming into all of the pockets of our sexuality, which are 
um, filled with shame, with all of these aspects of the sexuality, in everything from its deepest and darkest, beautiful silence to like all of again this with the with the turnoffs, the the roads uh, that go off and away from that waving silence, you know, go away from that relaxation into her. And to meet all of that and to meet all of that shame and to actually allow the yoni to open, allow the womb to open and basically to empty out through all of these. There are different gates in the yoni that has to do with opening up different aspects of our um, perception of ourselves as that feminine. And what I found is that to, to be able to come into deeper and deeper levels of passion, it's basically like relaxing deeper and deeper and deeper into that very ground of our sexuality, which in my experience become the very base of everything because it's like a relationship with that passion, that is the creational force, but it's also pure passion. It's pure power, pure passion, yeah? So our relaxation into that bottom line and learning to relax and deal with like larger and larger extents of her, of her waving through us. The sacred sexuality is great for that, really great. But I also experience that there are simply aspects which need to be met on one's com within one's complete own sphere. And that is that relationship with our ability to let that passion be the case all the time. To let that passion be the very ground of our well-being as humans. Because that's quite different from approaching her as a part of sexuality, as if we have to be in a particular way or in a particular setting or with a particular person to actually gain access to that. So there's like getting deeper and deeper recognition through that, but then there's like bringing that home. There's really the part of bringing that home. And I found, I found that, I mean, it was, I had a few years of a lot of investigation of like, how does it even work out there to be able to like have that level of, of like power in the bottom line. And it was very much, about learning how to turn the dial in many ways. Because I had points where I walked out, uh, I was in Italy at one point, I walked into a square and every male in that square, their system started vibrating like up against her. So there were like six men at the same time that headed towards me on that square. <laughs> Yeah, so, so there, and then I started like, what? Hmm, I have to like find out how this works. And I would like go in and I'd sit at the airport and I would like sit in this where a lot of people were eating. And then I basically just start investigating. Okay, if I turn, like turn up that vibration in me, what happens? And then I saw that, okay, children do not react. Like, like quite elderly people do not react. But everything in between there gets some reaction. And then, of course, I specifically felt it in regards to like the men because that was very much like, okay, I have to learn 
how to be that, like how to be this out here in a way where, okay, how do I want to dance with this? How can I, how can I actually be here as a, as a human being and then have this as a part of me? And I just saw like the alpha males started to turn dialing up their male, which started sending out like vibrations on the, on the masculine level. And like the shy ones, they became like very inverted, but then like they were very aware, like very aware of her. And just like that whole dance between the masculine and the feminine was really beautiful to witness. And I, I, I learned so much. I mean, I really went all for it, like just investigating. And I feel also it's very important that we do that from a place of like holding ourselves because what the, the inner landscape of the feminine is that she is all absorbing. She is all receptive. But the moment we start bringing that in, like outside a quite sacredly held container between a lover and oneself, the moment we start like bringing it into this um, like open relationships and all of this, everything fucks up, just to say it straight. Like such a mix, mesh of like information and just shit flying everywhere. And it's just like, we just have to be so quiet with that unfolding because there is like a huge difference between opening in that direction and opening in that direction. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, what, how did the women react when you're turning up your vibration on the airport? Like, how did they feel? Um, I'd say that for me, because I've always had this impact in regards to the masculine, that that was actually mostly what I studied. But I have found always that the females, it's, uh, it's quite hard for some females not to be in that like competitive place when it comes to other women. And yeah. For me, that means that, I mean, unless there can be an honest response, unless there could be an honest meeting where the pain of the presence of her or the opposite, like, or not the pain of the presence, but like the, the joy of the presence of her or the pain of the opposite. Mm -hmm. If that cannot be honest in a meeting, then it's really there. I don't find there's any value in it, in a way. Because then it just becomes this, like, surface so yeah on your website i've been reading that you've been receiving a lot of like spiritual transmission ongoing guidance from like ramana mahashi and kuan yin and um the girl I'm writing this book with, um, Ingen and me, we have both also been receiving like a lot of transmissions from source, which we kind of then channel into this book. So um, what is it like for you to, to be a channel and to kind of transmit and receive this guidance? And is it like for you, is it something like that you really have to ask for and tune into, meditate on for it to come through? Or is it more like just like, wham, and just ravages you and there it is, and you're just going into this like, Transform or different states of consciousness and just comes through you. 
None of them. None of them, okay. <laughs> I'm not, I don't channel. I'm not really a channeler. Okay. What I have been in is the teaching from these masters. And now you say, you mention two, um, two of the ones which has very little to do. I mean, Kuan Yin, yes, definitely. But it's more been like passing briefly with, uh, I sat with him for five days where basically he was in my body and I was just like, okay, hey, and then cool, and then that was it. <laughs> but, but they're like, I have never really had anything to do with Buddhism. But despite that, I've actually been approached from, from master after master from that lineage, Dzogchen lineage. And it started out with um, one teacher who was like present on one level during the whole God realization period, like reaching that complete expanse of the universal consciousness. And in the end of that, it was almost like that was his teaching, basically. In some sense, it was like he was there and it was just, I was just, anytime I could just like tap into that and then I was with him and then I was right here. And like, I also got teachings, like if I was being careless with the powers that were appearing or something, because I was very young and I was just very unprepared. <laughs> yeah, I was very unprepared. So I would like, if new powers appeared as they did all the time, I would be like, just getting into like being playful with them or something like in inappropriate situations. And I was not allowed to do that. So I would get like a, on oh, my neck. <laughs> yeah. So I've been protected in that way. But then after that, he basically, he came and he flipped himself into my body. And then I sat with him. And the first one there was, was sat with him in my body for like five, six hours where like, the copying into my flesh of his, of his uh, teaching, of his being, was like, just like flickering, like into the cells, yeah? And to just sit still and that was it. And then the next, I, the teacher that came, came some months after. I've never really been for long times without having a teacher, but it appears. And then that one was actually uh, Long Chenpa. Um, who's basically the writer of the Buddhistic Bible, if there ever was one. Like, he wrote the, the treasure trove scriptural transmission. And I met with him, and then there was four, I think I had two to three years of preparation. And that was actually that, uh, that first consortship. That was the preparation. Basically, I had to wear out everything which was in denial of the total emptiness like the pristine silence and then when it was time there i was like for eight months or something during that two and a half year of silent retreating for eight months when i was ready it was the same thing like he actually came into my body. I get very clear instructions on what I can and cannot do. I couldn't touch other human bodies and stuff like that, um, which was quite easy as I was in solitary retreat. But, you know, like just <laughs> the instructions of it. Yeah, and then just, again, allowing the copying. But this time I was for five days, and it's kind of like where so much information enters the system that is like on that edge of nausea all the time. 
and basically when I closed my eyes, I could just see him sitting in meditation pose inside of my body. So it's like closing my eyes and he was like feeling like just sitting there. So it was just sitting and receiving that teaching there. And after that, I had Yeshe Zogiel for a good while, a couple of years also, I think. Again, a preparation period and then the meeting with her. And then the moment that flipped over, and that's where Padmasambhava introduced himself. He doesn't really show up too often with people, but because I had gone through that whole lineage there, basically it was just time. And he has been my teacher ever since. And I had four years of preparation for him, where I basically had to hollow out and become fully uh, ready in my faculties, like fully strong in and skilled in my handling of consciousness in my handling of the depths in my like the whole coming in field the whole ability to transmute uh, the arrival of power into pure power and um yeah and that's basically been the case ever since and it seems like that teaching still has 15 years left yeah. And what about Drungpa Rinpoche? Isn't he also a doctrine teacher? About who? Drungpa Rinpoche? Yeah. yeah. He's also part of the lineage, right? I must say that actually I haven't read anything about anything in, re in this regard. For me, it's kind of like it knocks the door and then I have to find out, oh, what was that again? Like, <laughs> oh, okay, okay. But then also, like, because a lot of I mean, for instance, the moment I was done with the solitary retreat and I came out of that after having received the, the full teaching from Long Chenpa, um, three months, four months after, I was giving a retreat and it was like fully booked by Indian uh, monks from India, from Bangladesh and from Thailand. <laughs> So it's like they are just fully aware of what's actually being developed and that they're like, oh, that transmission's already like, <laughs> yeah. So when you say, when you, okay, so just to get to the point, when you say this about channeling, I don't channel. Mm -hmm. What I experience in the time, like right after I've absorbed a master like that, for one, he doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. There's no one to turn to. There's just me and I'm like holding that in my being. Mm -hmm. And then the first maybe two or three times I teach after it's done, then I actually, I actually feel like, for instance, um, there was this, uh, the first guy who taught me, he had like, he had like a, a beard like this. And I actually took my hands like reaching out, like to correct my beard. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> But apart from that, and it's like two, three times, but then it's just so ingrained in my own being that there is no channeling. It's just being present with what I am then. Right, right. Yeah. So it's almost like tattooed into the skin and it's just like it becomes. Mm -hmm. Right. It's kind of like swallowing them. Mm. That's what I feel like. I swallow the masters. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Oh, wow. So do you ever still experience like human contrast or resistance or like like resistance before teaching or like anything that 
most of us come up with on a daily basis like or is that like kind of not existing anymore in your reality i'd say that the the human body in itself is a sweet animal mm. and every time i teach no i'd almost say that oh well, i don't even know how to say this it's like everything that needs to be met within the human reality it feels like when that is held and like properly held then all of the complication around the refusal to to be fully available fully av available as love fully available as truth and moving on that which is best for everything because that when i move with myself i'm still moving on what's best for everything so that part of coming to love myself and love myself even more that just goes as ripples into everything like for instance this community that i'm basically like have my arms around as their whole opening into that womb and like coming into the chaos coming into the pain coming into all of the confusion and all of the different like the mind just wanting to conclude here there everywhere like all of that to actually be with that when i when I come into a deeper self-love, what is born into the field is deeper integrity and just it's just like pure power that pours straight into me, is purified and pours straight into the field. And yet the field is not apart from my body. No, not my body, sorry, my being. Like my being is like holding that field. So in terms of resistance and things, Maybe that's the answer to your question on this with humility. I feel that I have to handle myself with compassionate patience because it is a lot for a human body to take. This, especially that whole widening out and the integration of the wisdom. It's like giving birth constantly. It's like just giving birth and giving birth and giving birth. But I feel that I have about what happens. For instance, if I'm just, I'm just trying, I'm really like trying to find a place where I've been in like in resistance, resistance. For instance, when I had to move over here, it was very clear that I had to move where I am now. I'm on this island in Denmark. And then people started appearing, of course, because now, well, oh, there's where, that's where she lives. Okay, that's cool, we can live there. <laughs> so people, they come and like, they're like taking residence here on the island and a part of me I've always been moving with this in give what needs to be given out and gone that kind of way but I felt also now was that time to let the field of her gestate so I had to like surrender to um, I had to surrender to actually let my human existence be and become as like a proper holder, a protector of this field. And that was like that I had to move like through stages of that, of coming into agreement with that, because basically it felt like giving up a part of my freedom. Right. Yeah. So in that sense, yes, I get resistance. But like during a day, if I get into oh, I don't even know how to answer your question. That probably means no then. <laughs> Yeah. 
I'd say that there is a that part of like when I'm in the cultivation with myself, which is possible when I'm on my own. When I have to teach, it's like the wisdom that has been born has to flip up and be in service. Yeah. And then after that, it has to like again and then back to the cultivation deeper. And that movement there, uh, it is shift. It's like huge shift of consciousness. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I really tried. <laughs> Get points for them. <laughs> so, what has this? It doesn't mean, I want to say though, it doesn't mean that I'm perfect because I'm constantly being hollowed out deeper. Mm. I just think that maybe I got into that proper relationship with it all where I'm quite quick at surrendering anything that rises inside of the equation. Mm. I don't have this, um, it's like my consciousness, it doesn't move anymore in terms of this good and bad or right and wrong. Mm. It doesn't move in that dualistic way where it's like, uh, where it's, the mind is trying to conclude or it has an idea that goes against what life wants. Mm. So in that sense, it's almost like becoming so amiable, like, just relaxing into and being fully okay with anything that arises in the equation. But that doesn't mean that my body doesn't have like passages that I go through because that happens all the time. Like every time I'm about to go deeper, I can feel that which requires like my focus. And then when I focus, like then it feels, it can be like quite discomfortable at times, like, or uncomfortable, like really in, in waves. And then to just stay and stay with that. I can also see though that if I hadn't done that as consciousness, if I wasn't married as my masculine to my feminine, then my deviation away from that, like if, the, if that consciousness didn't meet that place, which is like fully uncomfortable with total willingness to be present with, that would be where that resistance of whatever would spin off from. Mm. Yeah. Mm, got it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, do you even still have like a formal like meditation practice, or do you kind of just like flow with your day and kind of see when something comes up, you surrender to it and allow it and move through it? Or what does your spiritual practice look like today? I have never had a spiritual practice. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Life has been my spiritual practice. Love has been my spiritual practice. My meeting with people has been my practice. And then after that, my solitude and my learning to love myself and be fully present with myself in my solitude, then that was my practice. These days, the practice is being fully compassionate with. And it's almost like the, the momentum of that ability to... Um, to keep on passing that through which needs to go through that which needs to be met with with compassion that it's almost like that the capacity of that is growing which means that things can run through like a lot easier mm. so the practice is to widen and build that muscle of compassion like for real that's my that's my, my practice now mm. and then in addition of course in my living life i have like on, on the visible level, I have like 
my life is I've been working for some years with like a team which right now is I think it's 20 people now um, of people taking care of bringing the teaching out there or things like this so mm -hmm. I've been like working with them very closely for maybe three three and a half years mm -hmm. and now it's been very clearly stated that I have to stop uh, being involved in all of the practical because I have like this work that I have of like could basically say tending the field mm. is like that's like two three full-time jobs in a way yes um so my in in the practical sense like my day goes about with like really taking care i'm like focusing in on i'm 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 working out like training my body i'm i'm taking salt baths i'm uh, doing enemas now and then and I'm like going through liver cleanses and I'm just like it's like the only way that this that I can be of this service as her linked up with people in that way is basically if I fully align my human body to my being and its purity so that means that also I mean I've had many years of resistance to this basically letting go of the the behavior which was kind of like oh but that was kind of like the only thing i still acknowledge that, oh that's me like that's what i like on a human level and that's what i don't like mm -hmm. but now i'm like really moving that along in a way where it has to like again like bow and like comply basically to what is needed here mm -hmm. because this birth of the feminine it's yeah it's everything right now yes this planet actually can't continue without that transformation of the human being into true, true humans. Yeah. yeah so important. Mm. That's also the message that we get on a daily basis almost like if we ask about like, um, well, what about work and like money? It's like for me, this is kind of, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around like how to kind of combine this deep spiritual opening, which like you say, it is a full-time job just to come into alignment and be in alignment, right? And then also having that human level of, okay, you got to like, earn money and feed yourself, right? How did you, how did you like handle those um, before you kind of started teaching? I must say that there is a major job of making a really, really solid human foundation which awaits. And this means that we don't get to pass from those concerns before we fully master them. Mm -hmm. And this goes for everything because this is exactly what was like the opposite of the male's approach to spirituality that, you know, they would just quit of it, quit on everything and like not care about anything. And then just that, and they would be like walking in the streets or whatever, but it's kind of like, we need to turn this spirituality into that spirituality, not just this, but it's like, in a way, I'd say that if we're approaching the feminine now, it has to be on a, like a solid foundation. It's like when you're building a house, you don't do that on rotten poles. Yeah. You know, so the part of working with your parents, working through the ancestral lines, coming into a full gratitude, a full compassion with, a full ability to be with your parents, which is equal to cutting all of those strings inside where you make this loop of becoming their daughter as something, like something that you like twist or turn your being according to. The part of like um, giving our best 
of taking care on every level and of allowing our gifts to be shared without this assumption or entitlement of, but I know this, so I shouldn't be doing that. That's also crap. Like it's actually like, it doesn't make any sense. Anything that will have to take place in your life for things to be fully aligned, like fully fit together is a part of your teaching. Mm. So to make only this approach to her is about my teaching. That's, that's again, like it's ignorance. Mm. So what we would like to see is a full coming into holding responsibly with care, every aspect of our lives, but without being wasteful. What do you mean? So that, I mean, you become, you make yourself, you allow yourself to become simple and simpler and simpler and simpler in ways where you don't have to spend energy, time, money on um, accommodating these things which would rather look away from truth, which would rather waste energy rather than fully cultivate energy which would rather um look away than look into um yeah mm -hmm. i could keep going but maybe that's it not just kind of sending out but bringing everything into it including everything all aspects of life everything and i mean everything <laughs> yeah yeah Love it. That feels really like grounded and like here. Exactly. Yeah. That's what's needed now, you know? It's kind of that letting truth come into form instead of truth being about leaving here in some kind of avoidance scheme of like, how can we get away from feeling like shit because everything here is shit? But if we take responsibility instead, you know, then things don't have to be shit. We will have to deal with and grow into great compassion in ourselves but anything that has anything to do with us can land inside of that which is fully taken care of mm. and mm. that's only about growing in care growing in love growing in willingness to give yourself to your life growing in commitment to life mm. And inside of that, it actually doesn't matter what you need to do. It doesn't matter what you need to do to fully um, allow for that ground to happen where she can land in. Because otherwise, it's like you want to invite her, but you didn't make a bed for her. Mm -hmm. And then you can, I mean, you can be ever so in love with her and approach her and all of this. But all of these places where your life is not working those are places waiting a resolution yes. because it's not about pushing something away so that something her because she is all inclusive mm -hmm. so unless she's actually permeating what you're touching in every aspect of your life then there's a like a glitch right there there's a separation yeah yeah makes sense absolutely mm -hmm. mm. so how was that for you when you became a mother like how did you um, how did that change you? How did you work with that? How was that? The part of me becoming a mother was immensely painful because I had, well, for one, well, I had 
so much I had to uncover and discover as that silence. This is my last time around. And so I knew, like already 15 years ago, I knew that I will have to come to know everything before I leave this time. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. So that period where I, I had my child, I'd actually say that the whole journey started when he was around one year old. Mm -hmm. And I was very blinded. I was very, I've been arrogant. I've been like, I've been a lot of it. Like every mistake a human being can make, I've done it. <laughs> but the thing is that along the way, just that willingness and that knowing and that surrender to love, that surrender to truth, just brought through everything and it was extremely hard for me for a very long time to be a mother to him because it was right in that time actually where well basically the first six years of his life he was plucked into like universal consciousness in me <laughs> so it was very hard for me to be a mother because the, as I said, the mother thing was the thing that was like hardest for me. And it was that thing which came in the end. Mm -hmm. I also see now it doesn't have to be like that, but it's basically been that way because I had to forge all of the keys myself. Mm -hmm. I actually, I haven't been able to, it was almost like no matter where I looked, I could see like something is missing from the equation. No matter like religions, traditions, like it was all so partial that I kind of felt like, okay, I have to actually find out here like i have to remake the plate or like the bowl to hold this so i haven't read any books either like i actually haven't anything i've just been poked at the shoulder by these masters and then i've over the times of course then when i found out that oh i can actually like absorb like masters then i would like i would look at one like you know, look at the next <laughs> Yeah. So <clears throat> yeah, but it was a, it was a hard ride with that kid. It was like every time I was with him, I had to like invent the part of being a mother because nothing was happening by itself. I was so empty. Mm. It was right in that period where I was like being emptied completely before going into retreat. And it basically um he started doing the, the mirroring, like being by being linked to me, he started having those experiences which no kid should ever have. And it was around that time that I found out that actually, um, like in tribes and things like this, they protect the children from this. So when I found that out, it was very clear, of course, that um, that I had to let him go. So I actually had to allow him to move to his father to protect him, to yeah, simply as a part of, of loving him and taking care of him. So that was, uh, that was a strong one. I had to really like uproot the mother all the way into the toes in terms of her bare claws of like holding on to that kid. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was one of the harder ones. Mm. Yeah. How is it now? Oh, so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like now he is 16. Okay. And we've had like a whole journey, a whole journey where basically I went 
from, I mean, during my solitary retreat, the only thing I would do during the solitary retreat would be to go and see him once every other weekend. Mm-hmm. That was like, and that was simply because I didn't, I couldn't see, maybe it would like, like prolong my retreat a little bit by being an interruption inside of that cultivation, but I didn't really see that it mattered to say it straight. And then it like, it turned into like, we couldn't even actually meet without it being in a setting where he could connect to something else. Because the moment he connected to me, he started to get like death experiences. And that's like not for a kid, you know? Mm. So I would like meet him at my parents' house, for instance. Mm, mm. But then he could like connect with my mom and everything would be kind of stable in that things needs to stand still kind of way. By Why here, everything was just like falling the shit out of existence, you know? Mm. Yeah. But now, since I came down, since the mother came out here, it's just like, oh, if you imagine like a 16-year-old kid with his head here on my chest <laughs> and just such tender motherly love passing to that kid over and over and over yeah yeah it's beautiful and then he also now he's like in an age where he can be more with it all but you know it's kind of crazy to lose to come into an incarnation of being like the kid of a mother like this that's a little insane <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and he's probably also chosen it on some levels. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's kind of wild. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> but it's really sweet now, and he's doing so well. He really kicked off. Like, he had a period, of course, where he was kind of, he kind of closed himself in. He was like sad. He was sad for a good period of time. Of course, I mean, losing your mother is like a thing. What helped, of course, was that every time I was with him, he could feel how much I loved him, just like that. Mm. So there was never like any ability to believe that I didn't want him or anything like that. It was just like, okay, this stuff is going on. So that's the deal. <laughs> yeah. Mm. <laughs> that sounds like his power is really supportive. So that, that's good. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh God, what a journey. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, it's been, and it continues. Oh my God. It, sometimes it feels like I'm just getting started, you know? <laughs> just going deeper and deeper. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> wow. Mm. Right, so that's one last thing I want to talk to you about. Um, in, in Berlin, you mentioned like, feminism and and how that's like um almost like negatively affecting like the divine feminine or as as women as a whole and I, I saw I, I felt like I could totally see where you're coming from you know and I also saw some women in the room getting like triggered and I felt like offended and I was like oh that's interesting all right <laughs> so it's a really loaded topic of course these days so I would love to hear more of your perspective how do you see this whole thing that's happening around that it's like that idea of some feminine coming up to roar is like such a misunderstanding it's uh, as I see it it's actually a bypassing on the responsibility that we have for allowing our full softening 
because the feminine she is so incredibly soft mm -hmm. and so sharp as pure precision at the middle of that mm -hmm. and there is none of that which is about going up against the masculine mm -hmm. and it feels like that's the whole foundation of this feminism thing it's something about like fighting for our right to something and it's yeah it's just not the point i'm sorry <laughs> but this is exactly what i'm talking about with letting instead of going because the masculine and the dominating masculine was kind of like that was imbalanced right mm -hmm. but it feels like the feminist like the, that kind of feminism is just the counterpart to that but what if instead of we go from one imbalance to another what if we go straight to the middle the silent point where the masculine gets to hold the feminine where there's no fight to be had but where her compassion and her love just rolls out to melt anything in the masculine through sheer softness that is really different that is different from that the usual feminist mm. approach exactly yeah. To me, it looks like just like a lot of women like maybe feeling like that. You spoke earlier of like the, the, the anger, like the wounded feminine, like that rising up to the surface, but possibly not knowing how to deal with that pain and mm. instead of like loving it or healing it, like projecting it out with full force and creating like more separation. But that just creates another identity. Yeah. It just creates another identity. Instead, what I experience is that we have to come in to be so compassionate with ourselves that we are willing to be and deeply hold ourselves in that anger without blame towards ourselves, without guilt around the anger, but also without the entitlement, without the justification. Because it's never about that justification, because in fact, in the fact of her as the, as the sheer essence, when I say her, it's, it's exactly the point is that it's not her and him. It's not like that. Because her, if her is the, 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 like the feminine essence, then she is born of matter, which is another her, yeah? like matter, like mother, mother earth. She's born of matter and consciousness feminine and masculine mm -hmm. but it's the coming together of those that allows for that birth of the of the feminine essence and she's black light she's like matter little so it's like the, the total and completely silent balance and flowing between the masculine and the feminine and there is no oppositionist in that there are no opposites there's nothing to fight. And this is why it's the end of war also, because the center of that, that um, power that I spoke with you about, that creational force, that black sun that can arrive in the center of the belly, that in itself is so all-inclusive that there's nothing to fight inside of you. There's nothing to fight around you. And somehow it's like that sun, when that sun is shining, all of the illusion, all of the ignorance, it kind of melts around you. Yeah. Just by caring. Mm. Mm. And not care in the muted sense, because it's also to the point 
to let truth speak through your mouth. But truth speaking is very different from some feminine trying to um, punish masculine or something. Yeah. Or like, like wipe him out or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's also a big part of that is like a forgiveness process of just kind of like, in other words, surrendering and okay, that happened. This is the pain where I can give it over to her and for healing. Yeah. Yeah. I found that I had to, as consciousness, I had to enter some places where I had deep resentment towards men inside. I will say inside my body, but it isn't just my body. It was like the, the part of being able to see how the masculine has gotten up and led our way without being, without his surrender, without his listening, without truth, basically. And how that has affected all of us. So it isn't even just men, and it's definitely not men today. It's like something we co-created. But to go in and find from that very personal layer and level of like willingness to love men, to love men, from that level and all the way into actually feeling what the ignorance, like what that has done to everything and to be able to be with the grief of that also in a way. Mm-hmm. So it's really just such an inside process, isn't it? Instead of just projecting it out, we're just really coming bringing it home to ourselves. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I find it to be maybe one of the most pivotal points, especially in like when I'm teaching is to remind and remind and remind people about the responsibility they have. Because when we just let go into the feminine in a way where we still are rejecting our masculine and we're not allowing ourselves to hold ourselves, we become that imbalance where the feminine just acts shit out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I really invite people anyway to come into that ability and willingness to actually grow in and become clear in that holding of themselves. Yeah, and I think that's also like a part of growing up or becoming more fully mature and that we can do that. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that maturity and basically like the whole maturity, compassion, and both maturity. I mean, there's a mature heart and there's a mature mind and there's also a mature belly and the mature belly has very much to do also with like that ability to compassion while the mature heart has to do with right action, like our action body unfolds through the heart sphere Mm. and our enjoyment body unfolds through the belly. Mm. But again, this with balancing these three, our truth body, which is up here, and our action body, which is coming through the heart, and Mm. our enjoyment body, which is the the bottom. And this is why I work with all these three spheres of being, Mm. because it's, Basically, they need to go hand in hand. We need to develop round beings yes. so we can be balanced in our lives. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, like the clarity and the love and the passion and all these dimensions. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Beautiful. Thank you, Aisha. So that I really enjoyed this conversation so much. And how can how can our listeners connect with you now if they want to go and retreat with you or listen more to your teachings? Well, basically, there is like a public page on uh, on just online, which is called AishaSalem.com. Mm. And that's a good place to start. We have the YouTube channel coming on with like weekly clips from teaching sessions mm. with like 
just different questions and answers on this whole embrace of truth thing. Mm -hmm. And then in addition to the YouTube and the public, then we have Gateway Online, which is like a teaching portal. And this is basically where I move with all of those people who get that, yes, it resonates and like they step in there and then they're kind of like a part of that field which is being held. And there's like a teaching hall and there's like different, there's like blog posts and video posts and like just and living rooms of like communication contemplations every month and stuff like this. So there's a lot going on in there. So that is also an option. And then there are like teaching, teaching videos, like in the shop on answerselling.com also. Mm -hmm. There are online courses also coming soon with like between seven and 12 hours of full on transmission. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like part in meditations and talks and like all of that stuff. That's also an opportunity. And last but not least, there's like the possibility of coming here to the island. And then of retreat, so. Yeah, I have like retreats here on the island, but I also travel around. For instance, I'm coming to Germany here in, uh, in August. Okay. And I'm going to Cologne. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there's like a music festival there. I'll also be giving some teaching there. So that's also a possibility to meet if you want that. All right. I'll be putting um, the link in the show notes to the podcast so listeners can find your website and contact you So then, Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I want to send so much love to all these women and many blessings on your way. Thank you so much for listening to the School of Feminine Pleasure. Before you leave us, remember to click on the follow button so that you get information whenever we put out new interesting topics. You can also follow us on Facebook and you will find all the information to contact us in the show notes. I'm so happy that you're listening to this program about awakening.